Hey everybody, good afternoon, good day to you, and uh, we just welcome you to the not Facebook Live broadcast at noon. Uh, that time has already passed. Uh, I've never seen it before, but the uh, Facebook wouldn't even let me log in. It was like, we're down. And uh, so anyway, what I decided to do is, even if they came back up, it who knows if it's going to be solid. Uh, so instead of broadcasting, I figured I would just record today's message, and uh, then you could I would share it, upload it, and share it uh, with you. So anyway, welcome. Uh, it's good to see you. I wish we were live with you. That would be awesome. But uh, anyway, we're looking forward uh, to hearing the comments on this. If at any time uh, during this recording you have any questions uh, or any comments, then just write them in the uh, comments. Uh, I will respond to them and uh, we just welcome you. So uh, today I wanted to talk about uh, exercising our faith, exercising our faith. And uh, one of the things that's been, um, the Lord brought up to me recently, I ran into a situation where uh, the Lord kind of said, I said, Lord, why is this, why is this going on? And I believe that his response to me, it was kind of a challenging situation. I believe his response to me was uh, that I had been, that I had been lazy in my faith. And uh, I believe the Lord spoke to me at that time uh, by the Holy Ghost and said, uh, if you're lazy in your faith, faith, then there's things you may go through that you didn't have to go through. Uh, we know that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek them, seek him. Uh, we see over in Acts where Jesus told them to go in all the world, but they didn't go in all the world, and then persecution came against the church, and great persecution, and that could be an example uh, where those things happened. Uh, we just see multiple times, we see where uh, in the boat with Jesus, where there's this death storm, and Jesus gets on to them for the smallness of their faith, and literally, they thought they were going to die. Now, Jesus was at peace and at rest. Uh, but what you see is where they were lazy in their faith, potentially, uh, they were under a little bit more persecution. So this idea uh, has just really prompted me recently to meditate on it. Uh, it definitely lines up with Scripture and the fact that uh, Jesus, he does not want us to be lazy in our faith because without faith, it's impossible to please God. Uh, he crea uh, corrected the disciples multiple times, and we're going to look at another time uh, like that today. So anyway, I've just been meditating on this, and I want you to see something that uh, came up to me not too long ago, and I want you to see uh, how this sits with you. Um, you know, just let it let it sit with you. Let it let it stir you, and uh, let's see where we go from there. I believe that the Lord has drawn us up to places that we've never been before. But that's going to take a hunger and a humility. In other words, we can't just sit back and just, you know, go through life in all of our comfort zones and not stretch ourselves. You know, the Lord wants us to increase. Uh, the Bible says for us to follow those who through faith and patience inherit the promises of God. Well, one of those people we're supposed to follow is Christ. And it says in Luke 2.52 that he uh, kept increasing. He continued to increase in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. In another uh, place, the parable of the uh, sower, it, or we see the parable of the talent, excuse me, 
Uh, we see in the parable of the talents that God was pleased with the one who utilized his talents and multiplied more. This was not socialist by any stretch. This was capitalism uh, at the heart of God. He said, hey, you've done well, I'll give you more. And the one who didn't do well, the one who didn't multiply and produce, um, he said, take away what he has. If they don't produce fruit, that will be cut off. This is you know, when Jesus is talking about the vine. Um, in the garden, we see that the season, God has one season, production, uh, fruit. He believes in fruit and production. And, uh, you know, we don't see different seasons until the curse comes in. Well, we're supposed to believe God that his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There's only one season in heaven, the blessing. That's the, it's a blessing season in heaven. Glory to God. And uh, he wants us to be operating at a very full and productive level. And I believe he wants us to be operating there all the time. And one of the things that we really should do is not just, you know, judge our life based on how we feel or what we think we have accomplished. We should many times go back to our fruit and see, is there fruit? Is there production? Because if there's not fruit in production, um, then we need to challenge what we think we are doing and what we think, you know, uh, one of the things we've been talking about at, we have Impact University at Boomerang, and uh, one of the things that we've been talking about is that uh, are we winning souls? When's the last time we won somebody to Jesus? When's the last time we led somebody to be filled with the Holy Ghost? When's the last time we prayed and our prayers were answered? When's the last time we prayed for somebody and they were healed? When's the last time uh, demons manifested because we were carrying the glory so much that they started manifesting around us? Uh, when's the last time you, you kicked out a demon, right? When, uh, all of these things, this is fruit. Um, when's the last time we operated in the fruit of the Spirit, uh, you know, and people noticed it, you know, not just what we think we did, but actually people noticed it, you know. Uh, so these are just some thoughts where I think that we need to give ourselves to the Word, look at the fruit that Jesus really demands in Scripture, and then weigh ourselves, you know, uh, test ourselves, judge ourselves. Are we measuring up? Jesus said, you'll do these things and greater. So anyway, as we jump in today, uh, you can turn to Matthew chapter 10 and verse 5. Uh, Matthew chapter 10, verse 5. And I want to look at how to exercise our faith uh, or to grow in our faith and uh, look at some of the things that we may have missed in this before. And then as you're doing that, I want to tell you that we're going to be doing, as long as Facebook is up, <laughs> uh, Facebook Live every Wednesday at noon and uh, bring you some spiritual nutrition while maybe you're eating some physical nutrition during your lunch hour. Uh, so that'll be every Wednesday at noon Eastern time. Uh, we're going to be uh, getting a new website out called whatsright.com. Uh, uh, that's W-H-A-T-S-W-R-I-G-H-T, like our last name, whatsright.com. And uh, then we're looking to put out two podcasts every week. Uh, the first two ones that you can be looking for is talking about the leading of God. In other words, God wants to take us to blessed places. He wants to take us to places of production. But how are we going to move to those places of production uh, if 
we haven't heard from him because he said man shall not live and we know live life to the full till it overflows man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. This is the word that God is actively speaking in your life and bringing you to an alive revelation on a rhema word. And how can you live and how can you have faith where it needs if you're not hearing from God? We've got to learn how to be led by the Spirit. He says this uh, in Romans 8, that the children of God are led by the Spirit of God. And uh, so we want to learn. I'm going to be doing two podcasts. Uh, I imagine it'll be two, uh, two podcasts on how to be led. It's one of the most powerful things I've ever learned in my life, and I hope that you'll enjoy it too. Uh, but today we're talking about exercising our faith, and I want to look at uh, a couple of areas in Matthew uh, where you can see in Matthew 10, uh, first thing we're going to read is where Jesus dispenses the power and authority to the disciples uh, to kick out devils, to kick out demons. And, uh, you know, some people may be like, well, that was for then, and I don't even know if that's true. I can tell you from experience and the word, uh, demonic forces are real. <laughs> I've seen some strange things go on and uh, seen some people come free by the power of Christ, uh, by his name, uh, the power of his blood. And uh, so anyway, we're going to talk about that today. And uh, we're looking where he dispenses power and authority to his disciples. And then we're going to look at a moment where they miss it. And so let's look at that. Let's look at Matthew chapter 10 and verse 5. Uh, it says this, uh, These twelve Jesus sent out after instructing them, Do not go in the way of the Gentiles and do not enter any uh, city of the Samaritans, but rather go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. As you go, one of my favorite verses, Matthew 10, 7. As you go, uh, so that tells us we got to go. We <laughs> Stop sitting on our derriers and let's get out there uh, and go. Let's go. God has some stuff that's waiting on you, not just me. He's waiting on you to go. So as you go, preach, proclaim, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We're not waiting on anything. It's at hand now. Heal the sick. Here's what he tells you to uh, do as you preach and as you go. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, or bring healing, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. So in other words, we have received a life and our job is to disperse that life. We've received life to the full till it overflows, and our job is to disperse that life out. And uh, praise God, we can do it because Jesus sent us right here. He not only authorizes 12 disciples, but he really authorized anybody who would ever believe on him. Uh, we see that in John chapter 17. He said, the same way the Father sent me, I send you. Go. And uh, so then he says, verse 9, do not acquire gold or silver or copper uh, for your money belts or a bag for your journey or even two coats or a sandal or a staff, for the worker is worthy of his support. And uh, we notice 
uh, here that later on he comes back and he changes that. He, he shows them, look, you can go do this and I will provide for you. But then he tells them, hey, be wise with it. Take, uh, take the bag, take a staff, take a sword. In other words, he shows them to take these tools. But no matter where you are or what you are, he's already taught them this lesson that I will provide. And that's a faith that we need to uh, put faith in his provision. Then he says this, verse 11, Whatever city or village you enter, inquire who is worthy in it, and stay at this house until you leave that city. Uh, as you enter the house, give it your greeting. If the house is worthy, give it your blessing of peace. But if it's not worthy, take back your blessing of peace. Whoever does not receive you nor heed your words as you go out of that house or that city, shake the dust off your feet. Truly, I say to you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah uh, in that day of judgment than for that city. So then uh, we go on down and we find out, uh, we find out that they uh, go out and the power of God is with them. They come back and they say, even the demons uh, listened to us. Even the demons uh, heeded our word and they departed people. Even the demons. And this is where Jesus says, look, I, I know that, but listen, I saw the devil fall like lightning. Now, some people think that that was a warning, don't get prideful disciples. And I think you absolutely can apply that. Then some people think that Jesus was saying, hey, he was excited about it. He didn't. He wasn't necessarily correcting them in this way. He was saying, look, the reason why they listen to you is because Satan is a defeated foe and the kingdom is within you and you have that power as my believers. I've given you that life and authority. And so we should understand that. And whichever way he's saying that, scripture backs that up both ways. He's given us that authority. Uh, over in the Great Commission, he tells us, you know, all power and authority has been given to me. Go therefore. But the reason why I go here, uh, the reason why I go here to Matthew uh, chapter 10 is because later on in Matthew chapter 17, uh, verse 14, so this is after he's given them that authority. It's after he's given that authority and he's holding them accountable. This is important. You're going to see this in the story. So here they are, they received this power, they went and applied this power, they watched it work, they produced, and then all of a sudden, Matthew 17, after this has happened, verse 14, when they came to the crowd, a man came up to Jesus, falling, falling on his knees before him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and is very ill, and he often falls into the fire and in uh, often into the water. I brought him to your disciples, and they could not cure him. All right, so the disciples had the power and authority, but now they're not working in it. So what's going on exactly? I brought him to your disciples, and they could not cure him. And Jesus answered and said, Now watch this. You unbelieving and perverted generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring him here to me. Now, I don't think he's talking to the man right there. I think he's talking to the disciples. Uh, they couldn't cast him out. They're all sitting there together. And Jesus isn't like, oh, well, that's okay, fellas, you tried. You know, 
That's not, no, he was saying, he was expecting something out of his disciples. He was expecting something out of them. And I believe, you know, in our society, one of the things that I've noticed as a pastor is that we really, in our American society, we really want to escape responsibility. Um, there's a lot of talk today about how, you know, it was my father, it was my mother, it was how I was raised, it's where I was born. And we, we have all these excuses, but eventually we have to recognize that when we're born into the kingdom of God, God puts us in a place. He seats us together with him in heavenly places, and it empowers us. And at that moment, we have to take the responsibility for faith. Without faith, Hebrews eleven six. without faith, it is impossible to please him. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. Over in Romans, it shows us that to have a lack of faith is sin, right? This is not something that we should play with or we should ditch our responsibility. Once we become adults, we have the ability to change our own life, to change our own thinking. We have, all of us have the word, all of us have the measure of faith to grow and build on. We've got to take responsibility for that. We can't look at verses like this and say, well, you know, that was Jesus and he was just saying that to his disciples. We can't just pass by it and say, that doesn't apply to me. I don't want to be. We've got to say, I don't want to be that faithless and perverted generation. I want to be the kind of person that stands in front of Jesus and he says, well done, good and faithful servant. Good and faithful servant. Good and faithful servant. I want to be that guy. And so then Jesus says, bring the kid to me. And verse 18, Jesus rebuked him and the demon came out of him and the boy was cured at once. The disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not drive it out? And he said to them, now listen, they, at least they're asking. You know, they recognize that it was themselves. This is a big deal uh, because a lot of times people are not wanting this. They're just putting it on Jesus. You know, well, uh, you need a devil cast out. Let's go get Jesus. Uh, let's go get the pastor. No, we can't be like that. We've got to say, look, I'm a believer. These works and greater will I do because Jesus said I could and I'm going to see these things done. I'm not going to put it off. I, I might not be able to connect with this person again. I'm going after Christ. I'm going to see him and I'm going to see the things of Christ flow through me, not because I'm so big and special by myself, but because with Jesus, he's given me a glory to release. And so here we are. And he says, uh, the disciples at least are asking the question. And he says, because of the littleness of your faith. Now, wait a minute. They were casting out devils before. What happened? What happened between Matthew chapter 10 and Matthew 17? What was going on? Well, he gives us a clue. He says, for truly I say to you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible to you. Nothing will be impossible. Now, some people will say that that mountain is the thing like the healing that needs to happen or the sickness that needs to be removed. I heard it recently preached and taught like this, that the mountain was our unbelief. And so it doesn't really matter how big the physical mountain is. If you can remove the mountain of unbelief, any physical thing must move. Any, any sickness must be removed. Every lack must be destroyed, right? I, we've got to remove this mountain of doubt, this mountain of unbelief in our life. And how do we do that? And Jesus goes on to say this, but this kind 
does not go out except by prayer and fasting. This kind doesn't go out except by prayer and fasting. So what was he telling them? He was saying, look, disciples, you had the power. And now you, you see that he's getting on to them because they had the power and they've dropped it. They've let it go. Uh, if you can imagine, you know, what if I go to the gym and uh, uh, that may be a miracle in itself. <laughs> I don't like going to the gym. I like I like getting out on a bike or running or pull-ups or push-ups or something. I'm not a big on going to the gym. Not against anybody who likes it. I just don't like it. Uh, but let's say I did. Let's say I go to the gym and uh, I'm working out and I'm you know growing my muscles. But then let's say that I don't go back for six months. Well, what's going to happen? Am I going to go back in there and you know uh, bench the same amount that I did six months ago? No. So what Jesus is saying here is, listen, this kind of doubt and unbelief and, and the things that you want to see done, they don't just happen. They happen because of fellowship and relationship with God. When you get into prayer and you get into fasting, now all of a sudden you start to see some things happen the way that they should. Uh, you're getting into relationship. Notice when Jesus started his ministry, what did he do? Uh, the Holy Spirit sends him out to the wilderness, but is he sending him out to the wilderness uh, just to have a wilderness experience where lack was? No, no, no. That's not what he was doing. He was going out there and he was having communion with his Father. And in that fellowship, in that relationship, his faith was built up. His strength was built up. And it wasn't a physical uh, strength. It was a spiritual strength. And that spiritual strength gave him a food that other people didn't understand. It gave him a nutrition. But it was this relationship with God. In other words, uh, this kind of faith and this kind of doubt being removed, it goes out. It comes to us by prayer and fasting. It's how we work out. Uh, just uh, the, not long ago, we were talking about at Impact University, we we're talking about healing and we were watching and I was telling them, look, don't get, don't get so complicated. God's not complicated. He loves you and he wants people healed. He wants people delivered. Don't get complicated on that. Just understand that he wants you delivered. He wants you free. He's not withholding it. We just have to get into the right places with him. We have to get to the right areas. But don't complicate it. You, you know, a lot of times we think more of the sickness than we do of God's love. We think more of the problems that the person we're praying for is having and doing and in than we think of God's love. Let's put more faith in his love than we do in the problems. But let's not forget this. Let, it is very simple, and I'm, I'm going to give you an example of this. Let's not forget that God is holy. And, and in order to move to him, we have to present ourselves as holy. We can't bring all of our junk into the holiness of God and his holiness not burn us up. So his mercy has got to hold us back while we have that. Remember this verse that says all things are lawful, but not all things are profitable or beneficial. So in other words, there's an increase in 2 Corinthians 9. There's an increase to the harvest of our righteousness that we can walk in. There's an increase to that harvest. Well, if we will understand that when we become righteousness, God's given us all things, but that doesn't mean we walk in the same harvest. We can walk in more of the harvest or less of the harvest based off of the things that we sow. Now, that can be financial. It can be prayer and fasting. 
fasting and prayer is a tool to start to put down the flesh man and put on that renewed man more, to submit the flesh and walk in who God's created us to be. Uh, In 2 Corinthians 5, the righteousness of God in Christ. And we start to walk in this new creation, this new man. All of a sudden, we move into a new place with God. We move into this new levels with God. We can step closer into his presence, stay there and stay in his presence. And if we're in the presence of God, we start praying and demons, they start dropping off people. People start getting free. Uh, one, one time I was in, a, uh, I got a phone call and it was, it was, you know, just like most time, the phone calls that come through like this, they're never at an opportune time. <laughs> and this was not an opportune time. And I didn't feel like moving. It was, you know, after hours, of course. And, uh, somebody calls me and they say, Hey, I, think I got a problem here. We got, uh, I think they might be manifesting a demon. And uh, so I told them what to do and they were real uncomfortable and I could tell they had their hands full and the Lord told me, get up and go help. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so anyway, I go and uh, sure enough, it was full of a full blown demonic uh, oppression. And uh, so anyway, full blown, it was, it was serious. And uh, I get there and I'll tell you, this bothered me. I sat there and for the first 45 minutes, uh, that demon taunted me. Now I've kicked out demons before. I've, I've prayed, I've seen, I've been, you know, that was not my first rodeo. But I'm telling you, this demon just taunted me, talked trash to me, uh, threatened me, all kinds of things. And uh, nothing I was doing seemed to be working, <laughs> and uh, that concerned me. And uh, eventually I said, Lord, I said, I need your help. So I just humbled myself, and the Word tells us that when we humble ourselves to God, He'll give us grace and greater grace. And uh, But He showed me exactly what to do, and as soon as I did what He said, it, it started working, and the person got free, and it was beautiful, but it took longer than it should have. Uh, now, later on, I did find out that this was not the first time that this person had had a situation like this. So literally, they had had been cleaned up uh, and then opened the door and let them come back. So they were there stronger, and that was uh, one of the first times I ever saw it where they were, you know, don't just get somebody free unless you can get them filled with the Holy Ghost. Uh, don't, you know, it's not something you want to do. They're, they're, secondary uh, condition will be worse than the first, the Bible says. and uh, But regardless of what condition they're in, I know who's in me. So why wasn't that thing? I felt like the disciples here in Matthew 17. I felt like them. What is going on? And uh, and then, you know, I had other times where I was praying and somebody get free, but it would take longer. And this is when you need to ask yourself, well, first of all, are you getting phone calls for this? Or it's not that you need to go into deliverance ministry, but those that believe, uh, Matthew 6, or Mark 16, those that believe will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. They'll cast out demons, right? If they drink anything deadly, it won't harm them. Uh, these are, this is the fruit that we need to be walking in. Uh, you see Jesus carrying such an anointing that when his foot hit the seashore, the demonic man came and bowed himself to Jesus. Uh, is the glory that you're carrying setting demons uh, agitated and wanting to come out and be released from your presence because the glory is so strong in you? 
uh, in Isaiah 60, he prophesies a time where he says, look, darkness and deep darkness will be on the people. He said, but arise, shine, for your light has come. And then he goes on to say in verse 2 and 3 that the glory of the Lord will come on you and nations will come to the glory, to the rising of your glory. In other words, God takes his glory and makes it your glory. And uh, he will put that on you. And so are you walking in a glory that will cause the demonic to come out? I see it on a regular basis. I'd like to see it on more. I'm constantly challenging myself to increase like Jesus did. I want to walk in the presence and a, and a fellowship with God so that God's presence is so strong on me because I'm in his presence that his presence will start to set captives free simply by being around them. Um, and I'm, we're starting to see that more and more. Uh, that first it was just theory. I just saw it in the Word and didn't see many people walking in it. But I believed, Lord, I believe these words. This is not just, you're not just making this stuff up. And, and so over time, as we've walked closer in the presence of God, these things have started to happen. How do we move into that presence? Jesus said it prayer and fasting. He says it all throughout the word, prayer and fasting. In Isaiah 58, we know that prayer and fasting, that fasting breaks every yoke. In other words, the things that's holding you back from the harvest and the fruit that God has designed you for, fasting will start to break those off. The weights of the flesh that's holding you back from running the race at that speed, prayer and and fasting. In other words, the disciples had been in this place, but now several chapters later, they're not in this place. And Jesus takes them back to, guys, you got to get in fellowship with the Father. You got, And you do that by prayer and fasting. You've got to understand that we can't just sit still. We can't be lazy in our faith. Uh, in business, my dad used to always tell me, look, Son, if you're sitting still, you're not sitting still, you're going backwards. He would say it like this. If you're not going forward, you're going backwards. Just give it enough time. And I've found that to be true so many times. We must be progressing in that. We must be stretching our faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please him. It's a sin. We must be stretching that. We can't be sitting and telling stories of what happened five years ago and 10 years ago. We need stories today. I could sit here and tell you probably 10 stories that have happened in the last two months. Supernatural healing, uh, provision, souls being born again, filled with the Holy Ghost. I can tell you story after story because they are happening on a regular basis. We must challenge ourselves to not get comfortable checking the box, but to start walking in these things. We don't want to be in the position that the disciples were in. Jesus gave us this story and the Holy Ghost gave us this story in the word for us to realize what we should not do, how we should be walking differently than that. And that is don't let our faith go down, but increase our faith, develop our faith, build our faith. And we do that by prayer and fasting. That's one way. Also, of course, get into the word, pray in the Holy Ghost, uh, worship him. All of these are pieces of fellowship, but are we developing that faith or are we sitting on it? Let's not check the box. Let's let God's normal start to become our normal. Let's let the kingdom, like he told the disciples back then, 2,000 years ago, the kingdom is at hand. Well, why wouldn't we see the kingdom at hand today? 
We can and you will. In Jesus' name, that's prophetic. Grab a hold of it. I will say it. Say, I will see the kingdom today manifest in my life. Glory to God. I'm, I, if you... If you do it, I want to hear the testimony. Send me the testimony. I hope that this has fed you today. I'm going to pray for you and uh, just pray that the supernatural power of God would come on you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. Lord, I just, I just ask that everything, everything that I said that is designed for whoever's hearing this, that their heart would be drawn up to new levels in you. Lord, draw their hearts to new levels. Lord, help them to draw their hunger. Let them hunger for some reality of the kingdom now. Let them hunger for these things and not be held back. Lord, let it be what you want it to be in their lives. Father, we thank you for it. Glory to God. Hey, hey, historical. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Lord, draw them to new manifestations. Draw them to new levels in you. Let, let their fellowship rise to such levels that people will get hungry because they're watching them. Let our lives be such a testimony that people will start to be drawn to them. I don't know what you have, but I need it. I need the joy of the Lord. I need to walk in the power of God. Lord, I need to walk in that humility. I need what you have. What are you doing? Lord, let them have that testimony. Let them cast out devils. Let them raise the dead. Heal the sick. Let them move in every manifestation, Father, that you want them to move in. Holy Spirit, show yourself strong in their lives. Let them be a testimony in Jesus' name. Amen. That's you. Say it. Say, that's me. I walk in what God calls normal today and from this day forward in Jesus' name. And in heaven, I will receive well done, good and faithful servant from our King, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Glory to God. I thank you for tuning in today. Share, share this with everybody. You may know somebody that needs it. You probably know several people that need it. Share it. Uh, look forward to the podcast and the website, and I'll see you next Wednesday at noon. Have a good one. Bye-bye.